All right. How's everybody doing? Nothing better than being at the bay, right? We are experiencing the beauty and the aroma of low tide. That's what we're getting this morning. That's We live here for that, right? It's no better place to be than right here and the opportunity. And if you're not here, you're there. If you're watching online some point, either you're watching right now or live, or you are somewhere this week driving in your car, hopefully listening, not watching as you're driving uh, to do that. But we're glad you took the time this morning. Just want to cover just a few things rather rapidly because, well, you know, you want to be here all day. There is, first of all, thank you for coming if you're new with us. We're seeing multiple generations here coming and engaging with us today, and we're glad you're here. And you saw on a welcome video, we have what we call a connection card. The connection card is just a tool for you just to say, hey, I'm here. I want to get involved. And it's been really fun where, where people fill them out. I give calls during the week, and then I see you on Sunday morning. And name to face is really fun to do that. We'd love for you to take next steps if you like, either serving in, in, in with us in the community here or in a small group. Even though our, our small groups are taking a little bit of break in the summer, we'd love for you to engage with us, especially even the fall as it's coming Someday down the road. We're not worried about that. I mean, we're not even, it's fair week. We're in, we got crabbing season left. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of summer left we have around here uh, to do that. So I'll just say just a few things real quick. They all start with B, so I can remember them. Tonight is the Beach Bash, and that's for our students at 6 p.m. at the State Park. Uh, free food, games, things like that. You know, there's a few students here with us, but we have a lot of students that don't attend on Sunday morning, but this is their opportunity to connect on Sunday evening. So you're hearing that, just you're thinking, man, I just need to drop my kid off somewhere to do something. That, that's where we're hanging out. Uh, and I'm, my wife and I will be hanging out there as well, and our crew, that will be great tonight uh, to be a part of that. The other B is next Sunday evening is Baptisms in the Bay. And so we're doing that at 7 p.m., and so we want everybody that's interested that's considering praying through and saying, I want to take a next step of my faith. Maybe you said, I've made Jesus my Lord, my Savior. Baptism is telling the whole world that you did that. That's a step of obedience and discipleship. And so if you want to know more of what that's all about, and, but you're interested, we're having an orientation next Sunday evening at 6.15. I keep pointing down there. We're going to be at the bottom of the hill, across from the old teriyaki place there. That's the beach that we'll be doing the baptism. So 7 o'clock to show up to see the baptisms. Right now we've got three people. If there's anyone else interested, please mark on your connection card or just come and talk to me today. That's even easier and I can keep track of that. But 6.15 next week for orientation and that if you're wanting to do it. And then the following be, oh, building. I, I haven't really noticed that the building needs to be repainted. I haven't seen that. I don't know if you've seen what it looks like on the outside. But our community has. And our community is telling us, paint your building. Okay? They're telling me. They're like, we love your church, but is there a way you could put some paint on that thing? And so we're trying to do something. We know you are. So we have a crew that's being formed. And so we've got a list of people. If you're interested in being on the building painting team, basically you're trying to do the exterior of the building before the winter hits, the rainy season hits, we'd love to get that done. If that's, it's ambitious, we know, but we want to try to make that happen soon. So there's a team formulating. If you have uh, skill and courage, because there's some height to this, there will be a lift and other things with that, or any way you want to help out, uh, gathering supplies, whatever it might be, we'd love for you to just, just let us know. You can mark on the connection card and that you want to be a part of that. Um, the, the, there's a couple more things I want to say. Is 
the, the next thing I want to say is last weekend, Jay Caruso, who has been our next-gen director this last year, he just finished a year with us, made the announcement that he's accepted a position as the new young adult pastor at, at, at our Bellingham campus. And so that was that came sudden news to a lot of us. Well, I'm going to add to the sudden news is that Jake decided to speed up his transition, so he's no, he's no longer here with us. He decided to start that position uh, quicker than that. And so that, that's a little bummer for us because we love to pray over and bless as we send out to do that. So we haven't had the opportunity, but what we can do is reach out. If you know them, uh, both Jake and Haley personally, you have their email or or you know, text them or whatever, whatever way of expression of love and blessing upon them. I'll be doing the same. And so just be praying for them in this transition for us, what, what God has for us next. I appreciate that. Where is Dwayne Viss? Dwayne, come on up. Dwayne serves as our global missions guy and gets us involved in a lot of different things. And uh, tell us, update with Malali and what's happened with Hands of Hope, right? Yeah. So, whoa. So, Hands of Hope is a organization that we reach out to the country Malawi, which is in Southeast Africa. Um, it's a population of about 20 million. It's about the size of Western Washington. Um, this past March, I don't know if many of you heard of uh, Cyclone Freddy. Um, it went through and devastated uh, the part of the country. Um, there's about 500,000 people that are displaced. Um, there's still thousands and thousands without electricity or basic needs. Um, so we figured that with the start of the school season um, that we would do a school drive um, to help out over there. Um, so one of the things that we're asking is if the church is if you guys could donate school supplies. Um, next week there'll be a box in the back and you can also go to uh, handsofhopemalawi.com and it'll you guys can be able to ship it from Amazon directly to our house, which then we have partnered with a company out of Canada that's shipping it over there for us at a very good cost. Um, so we're really excited um, about this opportunity. Um, I don't know if Chris, did you put that picture up of the classroom just so we have a, so there's a classroom that's uh, a standard classroom over there. So I don't know if there's any teachers here. Um, so normally here we have about 26 to 30 kids in a class. In Malawi, there's between 90 and 120 per class. Um, very few have desks. Um, they don't have pencils. They share. Uh, chalkboards are limited. They write on the floors for their math and stuff. So we just want to be able to bless them with, I mean, even if it's just a few notebooks or pencils, scissors, glue sticks, whatever it can be. Um, and like I said, next week, we're going to be doing it through the first week in September. Um, so we'll have a box in the back. And um, we just look really forward to just being the hands and feet of God and, and being able to bless them um, with just some small, tangible things such as paper. So thank you guys so much for all your donations and everything you guys have done for, for Hands of Hope in the past. And we look forward to our partnership continuing. So... Um Let's do that. Maybe put a note on your phone and remind yourself because that's e easily out there. And we, we actually have some supplies already we can donate to get that going for that. So that's a lot of things going on. And I, I'm telling this in levity, but also in seriousness. Like when I first met Dwayne, he was telling the story how he connected with Malawi. He thought God was sending him to Maui. Do you remember that? And you, then you were going, you're excited through Youth with a Mission, and ended up in Malawi, and that Lord sent you that way. But let's continue to pray for the people of Maui. 
uh, Lahaina, especially that, that area and just all that's going on and some of us have vacation there and just we're just thinking all that, like all that's gone and like lives are lost and everything. So there might be even some things we could do for that. Malawi, and I thought of Maui as well uh, as opportunities. So whatever the way God leads you to give, let's do it. Whatever that might be. There's so many needs in the world, but Lord wants to use you through that. Well, all that to say is we, we watched a little video. We've been doing a series called Grace and Grit, and we're going through the parables of Jesus. And as we jump in today, we're going to talk about fairness. Um, I think we could say that times we would say, life's not fair, okay? And so when we, we think about it a little bit, we, we think of scenarios and situations we're in. And I remember going through our small group several years ago. Those are in the room. There might be some remember this. But we went through what was called a poverty simulation, okay? And what it was is that you pretended in kind of a role play in a room and you had a little family with your group, and you would go through in a month, would it be like a month of getting resources as an impoverished person in Whatcom County? You would go and figure out how you're going to get your food, how you're going to get a job, how you're going to get, you know, bare essentials, how you're going to provide child care. You don't have a car. You're going to have to figure out public transportation. And we went through the scenario, and the, the lady, Trudy, she was wonderful. She says, I want you to make sure as you go through this to really live what, think about what people are going through. Don't make it a game as a check sheet to get through the fastest and try to be a game. Don't make it a game. Guess who made it a game? Guess who had competition in her mind? Like, we're doing all this, and we would go through, and we're racing through, getting everything done, and this, and we find our group, our little family, gets to the, quote, house, and they, it collapsed. Like, they thought they just put chairs and threw them, in the, threw them down, and they put a little note that says eviction notice. I'm like, we did all this work and all this effort, and that's what we get at the end of this thing. And so they had a little debriefing, talked about what we experienced, and I, I shared with that. I went through everything. We did everything. We got it done. And, and, then, and then this note and everything, she says, well, guess what, buddy? Life's not fair. Get a lawyer. That's what she said, you know. And it was funny because I was like, I think we could learn that lawyers um, kind of make it, tell us that life's not fair. If you need a lawyer, life's not fair. And what we go through and what we experience in life. So you and I, we, you know, we, we do this at the very beginning of our lives, right? We look, if you're a sibling, you look and you see that your sister or brother got a bigger scoop of ice cream than you did, okay? Uh, maybe even last week, your wife or husband got a bigger scoop than you did. You, that, you go that far back. Uh, you, you, uh, you got Passover promotion, right? And, and yet the guy who's kind of lazy is... You know, well, you know, it's the wife's second cousin's brother's friend is got the job. You know, it's like that's not that's not fair. And we we go through this and we we find ourselves in this path that life's not fair, life's not fair, life's not fair. And so then we get to well, we get to Jesus. And like if life's not fair, at least Jesus is going to make things fair. I'm going to tell you something here it might surprise you a little bit as we get into this as we look in this parable that Jesus shares, where he shares, in a, well, you're going to see this story like, wow, that's a lot of grace poured out. But for others, they're going to need a little bit of grit to accept it for the news. And what we find here is a little different than you think of when life is not fair. You might be surprised what Jesus says about it. So this is it. This is the scripture we're going to turn to. In Matthew, Matthew 20, it says this. 
For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers from, for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarii for the day and send them into the vineyard. A denarii was equal to one day's wages for a farmhand. So probably 10 hours, 12 hours a day, whatever that might be. And so you got to understand, if you've been in farming stuff, there's a harvest season, and you got to bring in the harvest. Okay, the grapes are dying on the vine. They need to be brought in. We need to get them picked. We need to take care of it. And so there, there's a bit of desperation in getting enough help to do that, and they're going to do whatever they can. That's kind of the context as we read this. It says this about that day. It says about 9 in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is, is right. So they went, and he went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same. And about five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. And he asked him, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. And he said to him, you also go and work in my vineyard. When, when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning from the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and received a denarii. So when they came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them received a denarii. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. There were, they were hired last, worked only one hour, they said, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day? Sum it up, right? What are they saying? Life is not fair. Now, I've, I've never worked a, a vineyard and a farm like that, but I've picked berries as a kid. How many picked strawberries as a kid? Okay. I'm old enough to remember actually getting on an old bus. Didn't even get on a berry bus? Okay, there's a few of you. It's just flashbacks, some PTSD from the whole experience, right? Um, just dirty. We're just dirty. You know, my mom, like, we, she would, like, you know, middle school, she's like, you go home, take all your clothes off. Like, mom, you know, I don't, but she did not want me to come in the house. I was filthy dirty, and we did, we picked. We know the work of hard day. We worked a good two hours that morning. And then we huck berries each other, okay? So so that's all the farming I know. But I do know this. I do know this over the years. I've helped people move. And I know that because my back has paid for it. Helping people move over the years. And there's moving day. Now, I don't know if you experience moving day with different, there's different people. There's some people that are very organized and they're moving. Like they got their boxes labeled and it's going on this truck and it's going on this room as you move it in different places. And how many, you don't have to raise your hand and point anybody, but some people you've helped move and they were not ready for you to help them. It was actually packing day, not moving day. I knew that with the case. I said, well, yeah, this stuff here, this room. And like, okay, that's a Barbie doll that I'm, I'm bringing to the truck. Okay, this is not efficient. Okay, that really was happening. So I remember one day helping someone move. And, you know, it might have been, I don't know, 9 in the morning. And, you know, I'm helping all day and helping moving back and forth, back and forth, and loading and unloading. And then, you know, some other people showed up kind of midday. You know, they had other things going on, and that's fine, and we're moving along. And, you know, some of us, again, we're all there all day. And then toward the end of the day, we're pretty much getting it all wrapped up. And, and my friend goes, hey, guys, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get some pizza. Pizza's coming and everything. And then a couple, another guy shows up, and he goes there, and he, I saw him. He moved one box. 
And then all of a sudden, the pizza showed up. And you know who was in line for the first slice of pizza? That guy. Like, so I get it. There's just moments in our life that we were hard. Some of us are here. You, just, you pride yourself in hard work. You pride yourself in good character. You pride yourself in, in just doing the right thing. And sometimes we just cry, not fair. Someone got the same grade as you and with less effort. They, they, worked, they left work early and you had to stay. They got a raise and you didn't. You, know, you shut up. You, you really shut up. Let me ask this question for you. What is your reaction when life's not fair for you? What do you do? And I think I find there's somewhat two extremes to that, right? We want to we grow out of this, but one might be temper tantrum. <laughs> the other one might be pity party, right? Re- anger or depression, you know, anger or just bummed and just completely leveled by what happened to us. But the reality is it's easy to play victim to the circumstances that we go through. Let's be honest. You might have had a recent season, and maybe in the middle of a season right now, where you feel that life has been pretty brutal. You've been beat up a bit. And so what do we default to? We default to whine, moan, and complain, don't we? Believe me, it's happened. (laughs) And we want life to be fair. And guess what? It's not. And here's the challenge with it is, God is not either. God is not fair. But I want to declare to you, God is good. Jesus really is saying this in this parable. He's really communicating in so many words in this, this story to us to convey of his kingdom, what his kingdom is about, and in declaring this goodness, the goodness of God. Look at the next verse in verse 13. It says this, but he who would have been the farm owner answered one of them. Say this is not fair. This is not fair. We we got we should get paid more. We should get paid, they shouldn't get paid as much as I, I we got paid. And this is what he says: Am I not being unfair, friend? Didn't you agree to work for a denarii? Take your pay and go, and I will give to the one who is hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? What Jesus is saying is is to the response of this. This owner, he's basically being factual. Hey, he's the boss. He's the owner. He can do whatever he wants to. He can pay them whatever way he wants to do that. It's, it doesn't seem fair. Well, I guess it depends on who you're asking fair. Not fair to the 10-hour guy, but, but pretty good deal for the one-hour guy, right? The whole story, I think, is the crux of this is the farmer who owns it is really about the motivation of the kingdom. It's really about referring to who is, if he's talking about the owner, he's talking about this, the, the kingdom, always putting it together, that, that God is the, the vineyard owner. That God is, is of a kingdom. God is the, the king. And what we find is this. It's the question that is, is this king fair or not fair? Is this boss that we serve and we worship, is he really fair or not fair? And here's the interesting thing in verse 15. Look at this key question that the the, the owner asks. He says this. He asks this question. Are you envious because I am generous? Are you envious because I'm generous? Are you envious of what, what you don't have or wish you should have or you should have more of than me being generous? Well, that question really speaks volume as it relates to the character God, doesn't it? What is he saying? God is a generous God. He's not trying to be fair because the reality is 
we need to understand we don't want God to be fair. And you're thinking, don't we? Well, let's, let's go there a little bit. God is generous. It means, is this, is that what makes him is, is, is that he's generous and, and just and merciful and grace-filled and loving. And, and I want to give you the, the character of God and really maybe in some theological terms, so stick with me on this, to understand this. I'm not going to explain the complete character of God, but here's some fair statements you could call them. And maybe you've heard these before. See, when we talk about justice, right, we want fairness and justice. Justice means getting what we do deserve. You want to know what define justice. Our world cries not fair because of injustice in our world, right? We, we think of what's happening in Malawi and what's happening in Maui. Okay? We, see, we see the exploitation of people all over the world and, and slavery and so much things still going on and justice in our world. You know, one billion people won't eat today. Right? Every five minutes, a child dies of a preventable disease that could have been just a simple medicine given to them. That's the world we live in. It's a very unjust world. And it makes us angry. And in times, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to have some righteous indignation because that's not right. It's not just, it's not, we, we fight for justice. Well, God is the same way. He desires justice. Psalm says this, for the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. What does that mean? It's this, is that one day, all who have denied God his goodness by living full lives, or I'm sorry, living evil lives, will have to pay. There will be a day of vindication. There will be a justification. I'm sorry, there will be, there will be a payday. There will be those who've cheated and those who, who have lied, those who have lived evil. There will be a day of justice. And many of us go, there will be a day for those people. But here's the thing with those people. Those people are us people. Those people we need to recognize without, as we go, and really understanding and receiving the gospel, live under and are born as sinners. When people, when we talk about this idea of being born into a sinful nature people go well, that's not fair yeah because life is not fair it's just the way it is it's hard for us to understand that but the bible makes it very clear that we all sin and all fallen short of god's standard because of that what do we deserve well what do we deserve we deserve eternal punishment see it, it we cry that's not fair no god's not fair because he's just he's just now, if justice is getting what we do deserve, then what we desperately need is what we don't deserve. You know what we don't deserve? Is mercy. See, mercy is this. Mercy is getting what we do deserve. Scripture encourages us with this. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to angry and filled with unfailing love. Mercy means God withholding or unleashing wrath of what we do deserve. The problem comes of both. The problem comes, how can he be merciful and yet at the same time be just? What else do we need? <laughs> the opposites of those. What's called grace. Grace. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. Follow me on this? And that came only of the way of the cross of Jesus. It's a cross that reshapes our understanding of fairness and justice. The cross was, go with me on this, an unfair exchange. Talk about unfair. 
Think about this. If you hold to our shallow demand for fairness, then we will see that God punishes the wrong man and blesses the wrong ones. What, what does that mean? Well, God is just, someone had to pay for sin and evil, but it, it should have been us. And this is what, I'm throwing this big words out, you're like, I don't think I got all my coffee in today. Propitiation is the word. And propitiation means this. It means to, to satisfy and make payment up. The gospel is completely dependent upon this unfair exchange of our sin for all of God's goodness. That is called substitution. For who should have been on the cross is all you people. Oh, and me too. We all should have, we've all, that's, that's, that's the due penalty. But the cross was just but it certainly was not fair. It was not fair to the one who was sinless and perfect, but that's what it took. And the motivation for experiencing, you know, justice and mercy and grace, there was a motivation that came very clearly, and it sums it all up and everything, and that is love. That love was the motivator of God himself. And I love how Romans sums up our just, merciful, grace-filled, loving, generous, unfair king. Listen to this. I love it. That God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we are still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. I encourage you this week to read that maybe a few different times and let that soak into you. That is the gospel. That is what happened. We didn't get what we do deserve we got what we don't deserve and we receive this gift that we don't that we didn't earn or anything to call grace that God gave and was motivated by his love we were once enemies of God apart from Christ we were even worse objects of his wrath I don't know if you had anybody mad at you but imagine without Christ and that's when we process that and we receive this wonderful relationship that we have and this friendship came and, and this unfair exchange took place and this blessing, the place of gratitude that we're in of all that God's given us, why do we still complain? Why do I still complain? Why do I bemoan? Why do I still cry unfair? It's just this world we live in. And we just need some help. We need some, some help to understand what to do. Well, Jesus sums it up and helps us with this. Jesus says some words that you're going, those are Jesus' words. I know them. In fact, if you haven't merely been around church that much, maybe, you're, maybe even you're younger here and you're like, I, I, you know, I kind of know a little bit, but I've, oh, I've heard that. I've heard this one. And it's this. How many have heard this? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. I think everybody in this room has heard a version of that. That is the very 
conclusion that Jesus drops the mic on on this entire story in this parable. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. What is that? Well, that is the response of a gracious and wonderful, unfair God to us. See, I, I think we need to get to this place at the end of our lives that it's not about religious activities, all about relationship with him. That there's so much of his kingdom that he's wanting to teach us, but the kingdom of God is not the kingdom of us. The kingdom of God is of God's kingdom, what he has and what's called us to, that we recognize that. How shall we respond to this wonderful message? Well, I want to leave this very challenge for all of us this week and I think this is a challenge that is pretty big and it's pretty simple and if we if we could dial it in a little bit if we could actually make some attempts of this wonderful amazing grace and love through the cross and we recognize that grace that this there might be a little bit of grit that we could that we could help us with this is this truth of kingdom principles this and that challenge is to live last to live last what does that look like? I want to talk about here for a moment before we wrap up. How to live last. How do we, how do, we do that? A couple minutes left. Wow. First is this. These are practical thoughts. You might think of other things too. First is this though. Is, this, is celebrate rather than comparing. It's to be celebrating in life rather than comparing. Social media and all that, you know, we've been at it for about a decade now. It's, it's messed us all up, okay? <laughs> as much as we still do... Stay connected. You know, I was reading something about 100, what, 150 years ago. The telegraph, the tele, we could blame really the telegraph for communication. Because the telegraph, before that, information was not same day. Think about that. The telegraph was when, da, 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 get information over immediately. That began immediate information to us, okay? King of England dies 150 years before that, you know, no one might not know in months until someone gets on a boat, comes across, and go, hey, what's going on in England? Well, the king died. Really, the king died. And then people began to write and spread word that the king died. That's literally how it was. The telegraph changed everything. Okay? Telegraph, right? You know, radio, television, internet, everything's an instant. And so what happens is we can't filter all the information at once, and we have a tough time. Anxiety and depression, everything are linked to not just the overload of information, which is a huge part of it, but it's this constant comparison that we do. We still do this. You don't want to do this, but you look at the highlight reels of somebody's picture online. You look at an edited version of somebody. I don't think, unless, they're, unless you know, you're my sister-in-law and she'll just post weird pictures of us online, you try to control if you look good or not, right? If it's a bad picture of you, you're not posting it. It's going to be a good one, right? But we compare someone else's perfect picture, edited picture, to our, our raw footage. And it doesn't work that way. We get caught up in that. And so scripture says, stop that. Actually, when, to live last, this is what we do. The Bible says, rejoice with those rejoice, and mourn with those who mourn. Man, I want to get better at celebrating the successes of others. I want to get better at actually encouraging people in such a way. They got the promotion. They got this. They got a new child. They, there are different things that God has blessed them with. I want to rejoice with them, even though maybe I have health issues, but they were healed. I want to be able to see, even if I'm not receiving, then I can truly do that. 
But I find with this is I can rejoice. I have a tougher time rejoicing with those rejoice, but I'm better at mourning with, moaning with those who moaning. Because a bemoaning, a bemoaning, I was a baloney, bemoaning more than that. Why? Because we, we're good at commiserating. Oh, me too, bro. Oh, man, life sucks. Me too. And we do that. And we've got to go, no, Lord, yes, we need to console. We need to love. We need to care. And we need to get better at grief actually helping with that. We're bad at it. But we need to also get a lot better at celebrating. I love the Bible that says this. Heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. Give me an opportunity here today. Maybe in a moment there's someone here who said, man, I, I need Jesus. I, you all have been on the, in the vineyard in the worker field, and, and I'm the one at the end of the day. I still, and we'll, we're going to get to that in a moment. The other thing is this, is preferring others rather than feeling entitled. These all kind of fit together, but preferring others rather than feeling entitled. There's a big difference between injustice and preference. Injustice is the slave labor of some companies in the picking of coffee beans. We, we support another ministry you heard last month, a coffee ministry that's helping sustainable for those in, Af in, in South America, right? That's injustice. We're trying to help people, fair trade and all that. But preference is when our barista put hazelnut in our latte and you clearly said almond and you got upset about that, right? Okay, not fair to you, Karen. Sorry, okay? If you know that, sorry if your name's Karen. Uh -huh. How easy we get consumed in consumerness and even in our church life, the preferences that we have and the things we go. And if that is you, if you're at a place where you say, I deserve. That's the place we do a heart check. Now, there is injustice done to us. I'm not negating that. I've experienced that too. I understand that. But what do I do with that? Where does that take me? See, living last is what the Apostle Paul says, not looking to your own interests, but each to the interests of others. Don't, hear, don't miss something. Yes, your, your needs matter. They do. If you're always in need and broken, and bro that, that's not a very healthy place. There's, there's help that's there, and we need to turn to the Lord and turn to others for help. But if we stay in that victimhood, it doesn't help us. How do we live last is stepping out of that toward helping in others. How, have you, how are you going to live last this week to those around you? In lines, in jobs, or on the freeway, listening to a friend, sharing. Uh, they're sharing and pouring out. You don't need to talk all the time. Let them do that. You know what you know. You are, you know, let them do that. It's going to be new to, it's going to be new information. It's a new opportunity you can do that. Another way of living last of this is offering forgiveness rather than staying offended. Offering forgiveness rather than staying offended. I'm amazed how quickly my feathers still get ruffled. <laughs> they just do. And I, 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 I'm, 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 it, it's disconcerting to myself and what my body goes through. And, and so what I need to do is find my friend to talk to. Okay, counselor. Okay, okay, I, got, I get that. And, and some of you uh, uh, would say in your life, you know, how many of you would say you get your feathers ruffled a little bit? Just put, put your hand up. Okay, the rest of you, you think you're better than us, don't you? That's really what you're saying. So I'm okay. I'm not offended by that. No, here's the thing. There, there's a place of honesty and vulnerability. So I'm like, I'm not really sure today I want to do that. But I would say this is, we all get there. We're all going to get offended. You can't be unoffendable. It's going to happen. Things are going to happen. I mean, someone will cut you off and whatever. And, and most of the time, most of the time, people that know you the, the closest, they don't try to hurt you. It's really unintended to do that, but they do anyway. 
right? It happens. It's whether you stay offended that really matters. Living last people, you're going to get hit. It's going to happen. Do you stay in that place of offense is the challenge for us. You've heard this before, forgiven people forgive people. Because of the cross, we really have no room to demand fairness. To remember that unfair exchange has saved our souls. In response, we can extend unmerited grace to those around it. But what this is what we do. We go, we ask this question, do they deserve it? No, they don't deserve it. Nor do we deserve it. Why? Because we have a very generous, unfair vineyard owner and king in our, in our life. Living last means this. It's being real rather than being right. Being real rather than being right. There's people that you know, you could look in the mirror maybe, that have an answer to everything. Have you met those people? And if you're trying to explain something or tell something or do something, they decide it's their right to correct you to be more accurate. They, seem, they say things like, well, technically, and you'll catch yourself this week, and you're like, you'll laugh. You're like, oh, wait, that's me. Technically, uh, let me, you know, let, let me add, to, they'll, they'll do this. Well, not only that, but that, right? They'll have to add, accentuate it. They, it's the one-upper person, right? Oh, you think that's bad, right? And, and here's the thing. You can be correct and be so wrong it's all about our approach. Believe me, it's coming back to me. All about approach. All about how do you move forward in relationship. It's about the relationship. It's not about being right. And yes, there's some rightness and there's some fairness and there's some things and things need to be, there's rules are needed and all of that. But if we lead in the rules and not relationship, there'll be rebellion all the time. People will, they're gone. We have to start with it. Jesus did that. And when it moves to the finally is this. In living last is this. It's loving rather than judging. It's loving rather than judging. I know, I know, I know. Love, we put the love in there and it just seems. But it's really about attitude. It's really about what we do and, and ex, ex, you know, helping people. When, you know, why people judge is, 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 is looking at it, how, how people do this. The, the people that that got that amount of grace at that last hour, that person that just worked, you know, just worked that one hour, and it bugs us a little bit. But if we can live last in love and understanding, that's where grace will come in. And, and I, I'm glad people that, as we think of people out there like that, I'm glad people that were like me now, hopefully, love, love me when I didn't deserve it. I'm glad people in my life, rather than judging me and rejecting me, open their circle to me. And I hope and pray, we don't get it all right in here. There's a lot of mess, by the way, because there's all these people that are, make the mess, okay? But one thing I hope that Christ the King North Bay is known for is that we are a place of love and acceptance and forgiveness. That we are people that welcomes anybody in these doors that says this is a place for you and it doesn't matter what hour of the day you come to join us if you came early you've been around for a few years been around the last few years you've been midday you just showed up today you are needing to be treated equal and fair because well there's not fairness 
but of love and of grace and mercy because none of us know that life is fair. And God's not fair, but he's generous and is wanting to pour out this incredible amount of grace to us, what Christ has done out of his, out of his love for us. And that is what it's based upon. All of us in, well, I shouldn't say all of us, most of us in this room have heard John 3.16. But do you know John 3.17? We don't always quote it all the time. We quote John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. But look at John 17. We, we don't go there. But God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So what that means, church, is if God doesn't condemn the world, why are we? When you look out in your world and you look out in your and how you're praying and the world and the badness of the world and those people there, God doesn't see it that way. God sees and acts in love toward the world that's there. Doesn't excuse what people are doing in the world of evil, but we don't need to condemn it any longer. The enemy is the one that condemns. The enemy that one, but the Holy Spirit's the one that convicts through that. So if Jesus doesn't judge, why do we? Can this place, can this environment, can this culture be a non-judging environment? That whatever you've done and who you've done it with and whatever is going on in your life, this would be this place of love. This would be a place of grace. This would be a place of mercy because of all that we receive from the Lord at that place of gratitude. So I invite our guys to come as we close in prayer. And I want to close with this question. It's, I word it in such a way I hope will help your heart in processing and praying with me in here in a moment. And this is the question. Are you willing to, should be, to let go of trying to make life fair so you can live in the goodness of God? Can you let go of your fairness? Can you let go of trying to make it all right and say, God, it's all yours. It's all yours. You, the, the, the life that, that's here without you is a mess. We all deserve hell. We all deserve because of the sin and the, the world of sin that we live in. Because we didn't get what we should deserve is hell. Because, and that's that, that justice that should have been served. Mercy gave us, we were spared. We were spared that punishment. This grace was given as a gift through this act of love to us. Are we ready to receive that gift for us? And are we ready to pray in for people to also receive it? To let go of trying to live life fair and actually step in and go on out of great gratitude what Jesus gave me. I want to live last. And I tell you what, living last, if, we, if you think about how powerful it is, living last opens this week of opportunity. Can, can you imagine going through your week actually acting like you're not entitled to anything? I'm not talking to being a pushover. You're going to need to get it. I mean, you're going to need stuff. You're going to need to do things. But you're willing to let other people go before you. You're willing letting other people to lead the conversation. You're allowing other people uh, in your life, and you're modeling to them, not in a super spiritual way, not in a, in a, in a, in a, in a pseudo-martyrdom way. Don't be that person. Just love and express care and let others go before you. And here's the beautiful promise. What does Jesus say? The last shall be first, and the first will be last. If you're last in this world, guess what? There's a reward of being first in heaven. I don't know where the line is, but I want to be in the front 
And I want all of us to be in the front to receive all that God's given us. But let's not deny the opportunity that there's no line. There's an opportunity for all of us to come before the cross of Jesus and receive all he's given us. Will you pray with me? I want to pray for a couple of us and some and maybe then all of us really. First of all, you might be here today and as we talk about the gospel, and, and the gospel really is very, very simple, but it's hard sometimes to really understand at times because people complicated it. The truth is, as just declared already, that without Jesus, you are an object of God's wrath. And we don't understand why God did what he did, but that's what he did in his infinite wisdom. He gave mankind a choice to choose him, and man chose wrongly. And we live in a world of sin. And without Jesus, we are destined for eternal punishment. That is the truth. That is the, that the, and it's all of us. All have sinned and fallen short of God's standard. But God doesn't hold that standard of justice over our heads and condemns us all. He comes with his mercy to us. And that mercy we, we don't deserve. And he brought out of that mercy Jesus. And says, I want to provide... And my, my love is what motivates. My love is what motivates to receive this beautiful gift of grace, what Jesus did for you. The Bible says if we, if we believe, if we believe that this unfair exchange took place, that we should have been unput on the cross, we should have been the ones nailed to it to, for the punishment of our sin, Jesus did that for us. As we receive Jesus, who did that work in us, our sins will be forgiven because of that grace. It's by grace we are saved through faith. And it's by faith you say yes to Jesus this morning. And if you've not prayed that prayer, if you've not said yes to Jesus, I want to receive your grace. I want to receive salvation for eternity. So I know that I'm going to heaven. And I know I, have a, I can have now a relationship with Jesus. With heads bowed here and eyes closed. Is there anyone I could pray with that you're saying yes to Jesus today in that commitment? Is there anyone here? I see in the back. Anybody else? I want to give opportunity. In fact, maybe you're still trying to process that a little bit. Not only maybe like you're trying to understand it, but also maybe your willingness to do that. Here's the thing. You don't have to pray it in an old church building. You can pray it in your car on the way home. You can pray it in the shower. You can, you, can, you can pray it later at the beach as you're thinking about that. It's an individual choice. But we're here to help you with that choice. We're recognizing some of us have been, been at it since 9 in the morning. I know it's 5 in the afternoon. You're still in. It's not too late. The, the vineyard owner is not fair. Sometimes it seems to us, but he is generous. And he's offering this to us before the day is over. Don't let the day slip away in this life choose today if you're here today and you and I maybe were contemplating some injustice that took place that you personally were offended something happened to you that you experienced it and it's not been fair can I encourage you to do what I'm going to do is hold it in your hand and, and hand it over to the Lord and saying I take my unfairness and I exchange it for your grace and mercy that you gave me in return receive that right now as you give it over to him and be free. Lord, I pray for the hands that were raised, a couple here today. And God, thank you for that. And I pray as they are now praying, they would simply pray, yes, Lord, I receive you. 
I receive your mercy and I receive your grace to save my soul, to forgive me my sin. Lord, will you, is they, will you help them with their yes? Will you encourage them in the next steps? It might be baptism, it might be talking to somebody, it might be whatever it is, Lord. Will you tell them that it's real, Lord, it's true, that your spirit's there right with them. In fact, when they receive you, it's, it's called being born again, that your very spirit comes in us and transforms us. Will you do that right now? We, we know you will, Lord, as they reach out, will you make it real to them today? And God, I pray for all of us today and this challenge to live last, that we would, we would leave our offense at the foot of the cross where, where our injustice that we felt, Lord, is there and that you, you agree with our injustice because you are unjust to us because we should have got what we do deserve and, and that is your wrath. And yet we receive your grace and mercy we don't deserve. And we thank you for your generosity, your love that poured out for us. And so, Lord, as we give that over, Lord, will you help us as we move out of this place into our world to live last, and may it be liberating. May it be transforming. And may through it we be able to share the good news of Jesus. The last shall be first, but the first one day will be last. And all that you've done in and all that you'll do through us this week, we pray. In your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for being here. Will you stand as we close? This moment right here is an opportunity, anytime it is, to pray. But this is a great opportunity for prayer. We're going to have some folks here in the front to pray with you. Also folks in the back. If you have a connection card, if there's a next step of faith, please let us know. We want to do that with you. Uh, let's sing together. How great and wonderful the good.